ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of the let's talk 20s podcast i'm here with my lovely co-host gt fletcher and connor lawson once again gentlemen how are we doing today good oh man feels good to be back <laughs> i know about your back man week. about fucking time Dude. The audience was worried. Is is G gonna return to the podcast? Was there some? Did he start off his his own uh, podcast himself? And did we and, have a fist fight? Yeah, did we have a fist fight? Did was there some kind of miscommunication? But he's back. He's back. He's Forever. back. He's back, baby. Well, awesome, GT. Glad to have you back, gentlemen. For this week, the topic is objective versus subjective thinking, and how those two differ different ways that we can kind of balance the two of those, which kind of way of thinking we tend to lean more on and kind of compare and contrast with one another. And there's all kinds of different advice and ways of thinking about this episode. So objective versus subjective thinking. Connor, I think before we start recording, you said you had a hot take. So do you want to share that now or in the episode? Yeah, Yeah, I'll share it now. Here we go. This is not an endorsement. I discovered this drink today that I know a lot of people don't like, and it's kombucha. I, I'm sure you all oh, heard of that. Yeah, here we go. I, Dude, I did not think I was going to like it. And I know I got a super sugared up version from Publix, Greenwise. That's but man, fun. this shit is actually pretty good. It's like, it kind of, it definitely smells like alcohol. You can tell it's fermented. But this, there's so many health benefits for this. And honestly, if you get a good flavor, it tastes really good. It tastes kind of like a fizzier, more flavorful, like vitamin water. I think kombucha is great, and it's also really good for you. Holy shit, it's good for you. So drink more kombucha. That is my hot take. You guys um, tried it before? Yes, I've had some good <laughs> kombucha, and I've had some high kombucha. Yeah. Yep, so yeah. definitely, I think you said I got a really high-sugared one. Green so Yeah, there's like 15 grams of sugar, so that's probably part of it. Like, in a grand scheme of drinks, like, though. Two grams? That's not bad. Honestly, no, that's for, not. For drinks, dude, if, that, if you put Coke in that's a container, you have 50 grams of sugar easily. So, No, dude, that's that's 50 grams of sugar per serving, and there's multiple servings in a Coke bottle. You're, you, when you drink a whole They're Coke so bottle, that's like 170 bad. grams of sugar. Oh, I was just talking about the cans. You guys drink the bottles? Man, if I drink oh, a bottle, no. I'm, I'm, caffeine, I'm very caffeine-sensitive. I would. Anyways, we're going on a tangent. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Let's make an episode about Back that. But it. I do have the first question. Go for it. Actually, I'll go ahead and start us off. Let us know what y'all think about the kombucha argument. Yeah, so I'm excited to talk about this topic. Wanted to start off kind of broad. You know, what is y'all's definition of objective and subjective thinking? Which one do you personally engage more in? And do you wish that maybe you engage in a different kind of thinking or you balance? You know, we can talk more broadly about it to start. I want to hear Tana's first. Okay definition of objective and subjective thinking for me i think of subjective as your own personal opinion on something your personal beliefs all that stuff whereas objective is more of the let's say general or more accepted view maybe backed up with data or anything like that i that's a good question which one i engage more in because i feel like i honestly do both i feel like something we may get into an episode as a man I'm kind of wired to be more objective with the way I think more logic based. However, I do think that sometimes I, my views and the way I do things, maybe I'm wired a little differently. So I have my own subjective ways of thinking around different areas of my life. And I don't really wish for that to be different to answer your third part of the question. Cause 
I don't know. I feel I feel like a, a good balance or having both ways of thinking, being, being able to kind of have both ways of thinking, I think is really important, which I know we'll dive into later as to why. But that's my answer. JT, what do you have? Nice. No, I like that. I would definitely agree along the terms of objective being not more accepted, but a more general community society type. I would say I'm definitely both. I think it's nice to have a balance of both. I would say, even as a guy, like we have to, as a man, we have to think more objective and like logical, like you said. And I think that's kind of a society norm or idea and thought that people have. Yeah. Tends to come out a little bit more, but I would, I would say I'm kind of like along the same lines. I don't really have much that I would defer from that. I mean, we all are going to have our own personal opinions. So I think it's definitely everyone's going to have and exert some subjective thinking when it comes to different things, which is more ethics and morals and things when Mm -hmm. it comes to things within society and on a daily basis. Yeah, you guys said it pretty, pretty well. I can't really add much more to the definition side of things, especially with objective thinking. It's definitely, it seems very factual. That's, that's always what I base it on. There's that saying, facts don't care about your feelings and facts are objectively just true. There's no other way to look at it. And I think the only thing I could really add to the definition of subjective thinking is something I just mentioned, feelings. I think sometimes you can have a feeling about something that's not necessarily factually correct, but you can still have that feeling about it. For example, maybe you experience something in your life that makes you subjectively react to something in your past, like with somebody makes you subjectively react to another situation in the future, for example, because of the feeling that you give. So I think feelings come into play too with subjective thinking. I think that I, yeah, I I think as dudes, we are more likely to be seen as more objective. And I've got, as I've gotten older, I've become way more objective and we'll talk about that as well, but I'm more of a balance definitely, but I tend to lean subjective. I'm, I've always been a very sensitive, emotional guy. Sometimes got targeted for that, of course. And I had a close relationship with my mom so that because I didn't have as much of an established relationship with a father figure in my life, I was always going to lean maybe a little bit more subjective and kind of emotional with my thinking, which is totally fine. We'll talk about the strengths and weaknesses of both, but that's just kind of where I lie. And the only thing I wish that were different was that I just had a perfect balance, but you know, that's what I'm always going to be aiming for, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We're doing the main definitions, but I kind of want to dive into what's a strength and weakness of both ways of thinking. For you guys specifically, which one do you see with people in your own life? I mean, I'll go first. Which one has more of an impact on people in my life? Okay. I feel like subjective thinking is more impactful. Definitely people's experiences, people's thoughts and people's feelings about things, whether or not they're true or not, is way more impactful. And I think that there's a strength to that kind of thinking because it promotes individuality and it promotes free thinking and it promotes connectivity with yourself in a way. You're getting closer with yourself, you're understanding ways that you process things, for example. And then a weakness is sometimes subjective thinking gets in the way of the facts and gets in the way of what's really going on. You can have a feeling about something and you can be completely off, but it doesn't matter because you're you're like subconsciously choosing to feel a way about something in a certain situation. So subjective thinking kind of also gets in the way of objective thinking, which is kind of a weakness. And then I'll switch to objective, which is I think some people engage with it, but I think especially at the rise of social media and people expressing themselves a lot more nowadays, which is great, but it also promotes 
promotes more subjective thinking. So as a result, I don't think objectivity is as common as it used to be, which is, you know, you, you need a balance, of course. And I think a strength of that is, again, it's concrete, it's factual, and you have a complete definition of what it is. But then just like the weakness of subjectivity, it also can get in the way of subjective thinking and your feelings and your thoughts and expressing yourself. If you're too objective, if you're too factual, if you don't let yourself feel anything, if you just go with logic, then you're missing out on really the entire human experience and what makes us human in the first place. So they both have the same weakness and just in different ways and unique strengths as well. Thank you. Yeah, the, the only thing I'll add, just because Connor pretty much said everything that first popped into my head as well with, with objective thinking, I guess a strength or weakness that depending how you look at it, is that sometimes that is what people will initially fall back to. Like we said previously about it being more of a, a society community sense of decision-making or way of thinking that sometimes that people get flustered or emotional and they, they feel stuck or don't know what to do in certain ways maybe they default back to what most people do right like we tend to copy or mimic most people because that's what's normal we know it works whatever and sometimes when you're backed up in in the corner and you, you feel stuck and you're at your low sometimes what most people do won't work for yourself and so sometimes you need to take the extra step instead of defaulting to the objective way of thinking is be that individual and find your own individual way to solve life's obstacles or any problems you may have going on. Because maybe what the individual solution, what you know works best for you, might end up in a better solution for you rather than defaulting to what works for most people. So Connor, yeah. Connor touched on all the points, but I feel like that that's the only thing I would add in addition is just that sometimes we revert back to what the masses do. But sometimes, yep. like Connor said, that individuality is what makes you special and, and sometimes that will work better for you to get out of a bad mindset or something like that. So are you agreeing with Connor also on which one has more of an impact in people in your own life? I'm sorry. I, I did not answer that part. Which one has a more, yeah, I would, I would honestly, I'll play devil's advocate. I'll say objective just because of the point I just made simply because I know a lot of times people may feel pressured or inclined to revert to the objective view or may, may feel like that the way that they think is, in such a minority that they feel like that they're wrong or feel like that their way of thinking is not valid. So, and I felt like that at times, honestly, I'll be frank. There's sometimes where I think just a little differently than others. And so I'll see what my friends are doing. And if, if I feel like no one is thinking the way that I am, then shit, I got to be in a wrong, right? Like that's just the way sometimes we're wired is to doubt ourselves. Yeah. So I think that honestly, objective thinking in terms of kind of trapping people may honestly influence some people more than subjective thinking. No, I, I like that. I would say a strength and weakness. I mean, Connor just, I was yeah, like, he had a great answer. Us, he, Connor was a great answer. And I appreciate it. Leaving us no room to talk really about anything. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks for tuning in, guys. Let's uh, talk great episode this week. <laughs> but no, I would say one thing that I would add is I think a lot of people, they think, like you said, Turner, they think of the objective view. But I think with some things, they need to take their subjective viewing subjective thinking on the objective thinking and yep. i think that that's something that you need to incorporate maybe the sure. objective and that's not your exact way you go about it but maybe it can influence your subjective yeah. to then further help you in your own you know 
interactions, altercations, whatever it may be. And, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. and I think that's definitely one thing that I really did want to add in there. But otherwise, I mean, I like it's kind of hard. So I like that. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Almost but, blending or tweaking it to your own personal way, like taking a basic concept that a lot of people do, but tweaking it to have that individual thing that works best for yeah, you. Yeah, have your yeah. own like yeah. spin on it. Yeah, and that I makes like that. it more subjective in principle too, because you know it's it's about you, it's about your expression, it's about your feeling with it too. So yeah, yeah, exactly. to that's, you a, both. that's a that, that was a great question. The one I have for you guys, we just kind of talked about uh, what one we think most people in our life are. I want to ask you guys. I personally think I'm I'm a hybrid of both subjective and objective views of thinking. But what factors contributed to your current way of thinking, whether that's both? or one or the other, what, what, what factors, maybe your upbringing, et cetera, contributed to your current way of thinking right now? I would say I'll go first, just because immediately in my head that popped up, I think I would look at the objective view and I would kind of like go with the objective because I wanted to fit in. But then when I noticed that I wasn't really fitting in because people were like, oh, he's not being himself. That's when I truly started to figure out, hey, I got to have my own subjective thinking within the maybe this objective thinking that everyone's having. But really, it's they have their own subjective thinking through an objective. They're just incorporating it and putting it into their own subjective thinking. So I think that's what really started to get me to where I am, especially with how like I'm doing with coaching. I have to be able to look at the objective thinking on things, but also I have to be able to break it down into a subjective thinking. That way I can relate to more people and I can express it in a different way. So that way they can understand more stuff. Cause if I just do the objective and like, they could just be going head button with it, they'll never get it. And then I'm not going to get the best productivity out of my players. So I think right. that that's definitely something yeah. that I have to be a little bit more on the subjective side, but I also at the same time, I have to like break down the objective thinking into subjective and be able to go and navigate around for different people. But I think that would be also within my work, you know, especially yeah. looking for jobs in business, you have to, you cannot just only do subjective. Some companies, they like that, but it all depends on your position and going, but I think you definitely sure. have to keep in mind the objective because they say we want to hit this objective. Well, if you can't even incorporate the objective, how in the world are you going to get there? Lovely answer, I, Connor. Yeah, I like that. Great answer, GTI. You talked a little bit about like what happened in high school, but then you also brought up your job too and how it's kind of promoted your way of thinking and how you have to engage with your players. And I think that kind of sums up really what makes us approach our ways of thinking. It's our life experiences and it's our it's our jobs, it's our friends, it's our family. It's It's everything that affects us as who we are as people. I think definitely for me, I would also say that your personality is a big factor of maybe what you start off with. Like I definitely was a very impulsive, emotional kid, and I grew into that in middle school and high school, being very impulsive. And then when puberty started hitting, I just, you know, always had all this anxiety, which made me feel something. So I was, I was much more subjective. But as I started to learn more about who I was, I became more objective with my analysis of what was going on with myself. And then in turn, I started objectively analyzing like what was going on in the world and what was going on with people. It's almost like there was an innate way that I expressed myself that became subjective. But I had to combat that because of how much that's a part of my personality by learning objective ways of thinking. And I think that's something that, you know, 
that's kind of the, the whole lesson of this thing is this is something that you can learn. You're not just going to be stuck in one way of thinking. You can learn how to process things objectively. You can learn how to process things subjectively. I think my current way of thinking is influenced definitely by my, my big influences like my mom, my friends, my brothers, and how I had to defend myself against people maybe who didn't like me or who maybe didn't agree with my personality. So I became more objective, like analyzing that, for example. It's just a balance, you know? So I, I think all the things that make you who you are, I think they all can factor into the type of thinking that you're going to have. And it can change definitely throughout your life. I know it's changed from when I was a kid to teens to 20s, and I'm sure it'll change in my 30s. Yeah, it's definitely going to change. And it's interesting because when I was thinking about this question, I was thinking about my upbringing, you know, all as kids were kind of taught, for the most part, kind of taught the the same curriculum and we're kind of taught to solve certain subjects or think about certain subjects in an objective view. Here's how you need to solve it like this. I remember yep. there's all kinds of crazy ways they taught me how to do like cross multiplication as a kid that isn't the necessarily the standard way that our parents learn where it's way well, simpler. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't understand. You know what? You guys know what I'm talking about. I can't I oh, can't I remember exactly. specific examples, but shit like that where it's you got to learn to do things this way, even if you're mind isn't wired that way so we're kind of taught to be objective in a weird sense with school but then as you get older you realize that there are alternative routes for you to succeed and different ways that you can get around school or work or anything like that so then you kind of as a teenager you grow into maybe more of a subjective mindset and you're trying to find yourself as an individual and so then yep. as early adulthood in your 20s you become Absolutely. a little more subjective on a personal level, but then at, at work, you know, there is more of a objective mindset. So it's almost like this clashing of your personal life versus your, your work personality that you have. So it's an interesting concept about what factors contribute to your current way of thinking or anything like that, because like Connor said, it, it's really a little bit of everything, but it's just interesting how society and outside forces honestly probably play a big role, at least when we we're younger, before we formed our own opinions about, yep you know, life, but kind of taught to think a certain way in that sense. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And it kind of ties into something that I wanted to talk to you guys about and engage in. You talked about like the journey and everything that is influencing us and the factors that lead to this. And so a lot of people in their twenties, what, what I found with my battle in my twenties is there's the subject of thinking where you're finding yourself from your teens and then your early twenties, mid twenties, however long it takes you to find yourself it takes your whole, it, I mean, it takes you your whole life to really find yourself truly that you're never going to fully do it. So you keep working, but really like that's like the first period of discovery and trying things. Right. So it's very subjective. It's very emotional. It's very individualistic, but then you have all these objective things that you clash with, you know, you have, your first job, you have graduating college, you have kids, you know, you have your family, like all of these like concrete things in life that are happening. Maybe you're voting for the first time. Maybe some people are going off into the military. Like there's very objective things that are happening to you by a house, car, whatever. And I think a lot of people struggle with the balance because they're not used to engaging with that stuff. And so I think it's hard for people to measure their own feelings and thoughts about this kind of stuff objectively. Why do you guys think that is, you know, why is it so hard for people to measure their own feelings and thoughts objectively, you know, specifically people in their 20s? And if we can analyze that, maybe we can also come up with a technique that you have used yourself to help you look at things more objectively, maybe when you're not feeling great about something, for example. I would say, honestly, I think it's hard for a lot of people, especially in their 20s, because 
there's so much that's put onto us coming out of college. You're supposed to get married pretty soon, have a career already planned out, potentially have kids within the next couple of years, yada, yada, and so on and so on. Sometimes people think objective is like how you have to live by when if you can't have your own subjective thinking on how your life is supposed to go or how it comes best to you and what be works best for you, I think that's where you really start to find like how your life is successful in your own, you know, because everyone's going to get to the different objectives. And I know a lot yep. of people are not by the book because I know I'm, I listen to some things by the book, but not everything. I don't, fully agree with everything by the book and objective thinking with absolutely everything. Cause then that's not me like living. That's me existing. Right. And that's not what life is. So yeah. I definitely think it's something where when you can start to just take that step back and really see like which objectives you want to really hit and how you can get there eventually and slowly make those baby steps that we've talked about in previous podcasts. Just taking those little baby steps to those objectives within your own subjective thinking and feelings. And I think it's really up to you. Like you make your own measurement. It's not how society puts it on you. I mean, you can think about some things, but you'd be like, you know what? Like at the end of the day, it's my life. I think that that's the definitely point. a technique that you just take the step back, take a breath. How do I make my subjective thinking my objective thinking of oh. it? So that okay. puts it around like my own thing. So that way it's a lot easier, more relatable for me. And it makes it a lot easier and not as stressful. Yeah. So that way I don't have to step by step, book by book to get there. When in reality, I have my own stuff that is how it is and I can make it my own. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I actually saw something that kind of not to be a hard ass or anything, but a quote that I saw is that, if you're moving and living your life like 99% of people, then you're going to live a life like 99% of people. So in other words, if it's you want, truth. yeah, it's the truth. So if you, if you are doing what everyone else is doing, but you want to live this different life or have all these different things in comparison to others, sometimes you have to move a little differently than others. And so if you are trying to, measure your own feelings and thoughts objectively, but your objectives maybe are a little bit different than what your current life is. I say you just have to shake that bottle up a little bit and, and change it up. I think that it all boils down to your level of happiness and what you truly want. Like GT said, that that's really all it is because what my thoughts and feelings about my objectives of what I'm trying to achieve obviously are going to differ from Connor and GT here. We all have our own individual path of, of life. So if you're happy with how things are going and you feel like you are in control of, of your life and the objectives that you're reaching are actually being achieved, then congratulations, you're succeeding. That's all it is. It doesn't need to be this endless game of, okay, I finished this. Now I need to move on to this really quick. And, and this endless cycle, like a hamster on a, on a spin wheel, because um, <laughs> yeah. that's a very bad mindset and, and rabbit hole to go down and speaking from experience. So take a step back. Don't get your feelings involved. That's the other true part of the answer is don't get your feelings involved. Just take a step back, realize you're hard. doing fine. It's hard to do, but that's the technique that I do is I have to, at times, take a step back and separate my feelings from how things are going because sometimes I do get too emotional about my progress, but then I look objectively and think that 
you know, I had a bad day or a bad week, but dude, in comparison from that year long or six month goal that I wanted to achieve and I did in less of a time frame than I thought it would take, then why am I stressing out? Right. So it's just a hard thing to do, but that's a technique I have to do is separate the feelings and sometimes move a little bit differently and just be at peace with myself and everything else falls into place. That's my long winded answer. Connor, what about yourself? You guys covered most of it and I'm glad Tanner, both great answers, by the way, we're on top of it, but I, I think it's so hard to measure your own feelings and thoughts objectively because I don't think we look at ourselves objectively a lot of the times because feelings are not objective at all. Like they just aren't. I'm sorry. I, I wish that they were. It, they might be rooted in something objective, but it doesn't necessarily mean that your reaction to it is always going to be what you're supposed to feel, quote unquote, because there is nothing you're supposed to feel. You just feel what you feel at the end of the day. There's there's no guidebook that you're supposed to do with life. And so it, it's so hard to measure it objectively. And it's so much easier, maybe, for example, to measure what other people are feeling because you don't feel what they're feeling. You you don't think what they're thinking. You you're not you're not inside them. You know, you're not you're not listening and hearing what's going on in their head. So you're not feeling that. So it's more it's easier to be objective. Whereas feelings, you could be doing everything right in the world, but you also could have had a really hard upbringing and there was so much pressure put on you that nothing feels like it's good enough, for example. So you feel like you're not doing enough and it doesn't matter what you're doing objectively in life. It doesn't feel like it's enough. And that's why it's so hard because you feel what you feel and feelings are not objective at all. And I think I think your guys' techniques are things that I use and there's not really much more that I can add other than add my my ridiculous one shop answer meditation. of meditation, of course it, <laughs> it, and, and it, and it, and it does help. And the only reason Classic. why that that helps, and, and it's not even just, I don't even need to go on my app and meditate. I've started just like, if I can take five minutes, close my eyes and just focus on breathing techniques. Like GT said, take a step back and breathe that. It, I mean, it's literally proven that a lot of emotions, you know, come for, I think it's the frontal lobe or sorry. No, it's like the parietal lobe or whatever. And when you breathe, you're, you're focusing your brain to, be more at the front at the frontal lobe which lets you get past your emotions so that kind of thing where you can just take five minutes to to breathe like count to four you know and then count to five and count to, just keep counting you know keep counting until it stops and then separate the emotion and then okay what's going on the emotion comes back okay it's fine you know for example emotions are so subjective and i think that gets in the way of objective thinking a lot so that that's my answer. And that's what I thought of. And you guys covered it very well in the details as to why I think people struggle with it in so many different ways. What do you think then is the disconnect for individuals discussing an objective view to a subjective minded person and vice versa? It's a tough one. I think we kind of have answered it though. Honestly, it's just yeah, two different, it's tough. two different ways of thinking. You just have to, I mean, there is a there is a common theme with both of them. You're obviously trying to achieve and and knock a certain thing out, right? So in objective thinking, you're trying to get your chore list done for the week. Subjectively, you're thinking of your personal view of how am I going to get this stuff done? Objectively, you might think of, okay, most people do this, this, or this. I'm going to knock it out. So there is a common conversation point right there. It's just about trying to put yourself in the other person's shoes of, trying to find that middle ground. I think it honestly, this, this thing is kind of like a, a, a spectrum. There is some gray area. I don't think it's necessarily yeah. one way of thinking or the other. I think no. you, you can Not be both. objective with some 
personal touches, like GC said, and that's the way he handles things, which is awesome, and vice versa. So I think when yeah. you're having a conversation with someone, you have to put yourself in that person's shoes and find that little gray area for, for in between both of your mindsets. Because like I said, there there is a commonality between both sides, obviously. So yeah, love that. I I love that too. I feel like the disconnect between both ways of thinking. I think that's a really good answer. And I, I can't add much more to the general answer that I think everybody can relate to that Tanner gave. I would say that maybe a disconnect comes from, I'll come at it from a different perspective, maybe empathy a little bit, because when you're maybe a little more objective thinking, maybe in your own life, you maybe reject some kind of subjective ways of thinking you know, based on how you're raised, based on whatever factors push you into that way. So when you're discussing objective views and you're objective minded to somebody subjective, you're not really considering maybe how they're going to process your objective view or your viewpoint on whatever is objective, for example, something can be objective and you can still have a subjective viewpoint of it. There's that's, that's what we've been talking about. That's what subjective views are, you know? And so I think sometimes there's a disconnect if two people are discussing this and talking about this because having empathy for the other person and maybe considering how somebody is going to process that knowing who they are and like learning about how the other person processes things. I think that can bridge the gap between the connect because if I'm trying to approach something, you know, more objectively, but somebody is emotional, it doesn't help to say, Oh, well, it's this, don't worry about it. Cause that doesn't, that doesn't change anything. Right. That's not, there's going to be a disconnect because I'm not trying to get on their level. So having empathy and trying to, understand somebody, for example, in the best way, if you're in like a specific situation where there's a disconnect, then I think that that can be helpful too. But I think that's what the disconnect is. That's got to be part of it. How in the world do I even add to all that? I think that's, (laughs) damn. It's a good question, GT. It's a good question, question. Well, hey, if you don't have anything to add, I'll, I'll wrap it up with this final question here, gentlemen, is... As the Let's Talk 20s podcast, we at least try to implement some things that is relevant to our decade because, as we've mentioned before, a lot of things that we're trying to navigate through life, maybe we're new to things and we're trying to learn how to interact with betters in, a, in an adult manner rather than when we were young adults. So my question is, for this subject here, how do you navigate the communication skills in your 20s with both ways of thinking? So for that disconnect, what, what are we doing? I think you got to, oh, there's so many different situations and so many different life stories that add up to where different people are. So I think it's at the end of the day, a lot of people say go with your gut. I think for the most part, you need to go with your gut with subjective thinking on objective stuff. And I know that I resort back to that, but that's just something that I think you're killing two birds with one stone is you're taking both the objective, but you're also putting your own subjective yeah. take it. So I definitely think that at the end of the day, depending on whatever it may be and in your own life and what works best is you need to incorporate objective into your own subjective. I think it's definitely the best way to really get to know yourself and really accept your true thinking and that don't push it away and don't try to neglect your own feelings and measuring that like Connor and we all said is really don't push that aside because that really is important. And it's you being you and how you think and all that and how you go about stuff. Love so, it. 
my turn to be dumbfounded. I'm good. Y'all, that's great advice. I, yeah, it's a balance and y'all went into why it's important. Love it. Yeah. I think honestly, it's just what GT said and and then what Connor just mentioned on the previous question, which is about the, the empathy thing. I think a lot of communication skills, it's simply because you're really not trying to understand the other person in the conversation. And I think in your 20s, there's all kinds of different people that are all kinds of mix of personalities. Everyone's still trying to find themselves. So it might be a little more difficult now in comparison to other parts of our, our life. But you just have to be a little more empathetic and yep. on whatever side of the conversation you're on. And I think that that truly is probably the biggest factor that helps me in terms of communication skills for different kinds of people that are around our yeah. age. So. Oh, well, great episode. I think this was a fantastic episode of I Might Add. Objective versus subjective thinking. Another episode down, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate everyone who's watching or viewing. And who knows, maybe this is episode 50, a huge milestone for the Let's Talk 20s podcast. So if that is the case, episode 50, huge milestone. I appreciate everyone who's been on this journey. And here's to 50,000 trillion billion quintillion more episodes for you guys. Yes. More episodes in the future. As always, guys, I hope you had a great week. I hope you have a great rest of your week. And until the next one, peace.